0: to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. In this episode, member Big Tuna 5 shares his heart-wrenching but inspirational story. As an immigrant moving out of a mud house with uneducated parents and only a strong work ethic to his name, hear what kept him going after countless setbacks for him, his two siblings, and his parents. From sleeping in a van with his family to befriending a janitor that would let his family sleep in the school gymnasium, nothing came easy. Listen to find out how it all turned out and where he found his motivation. Enjoy. Big two to 5, thank you so much for joining the Wall Street Oasis podcast.
1: No, thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to it.
0: So um, could you give the uh, the listeners just a short background?
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm originally from uh, Pakistan. If you read my post, uh, that was the country I was referring to. Mm-hmm. Came to the States when I was like five years old, uh, went to Chicago, lived there for a couple of years, and I ended up moving to uh, Michigan. And my upbringing was a little <laughs> unique, I would say. You know, uh, it wasn't the prettiest, but, you know, I came to the States. Uh, Faced a lot of like traditional hardships in terms of like you know, I really just surviving. Both of my parents didn't go to high school. Uh, I'm a first generation college student. I was actually the first in my family to graduate high school, which is pretty cool. Um, growing up, uh, really looking around, I just really wanted the best for my family and I. So before I really before to we be a doctor,
0: yeah, before we even go there, like, can you talk to me a little bit about um, how your parents, why they left P- Pakistan or how they got got over here?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, uh, we were in Pakistan and my parents grew up there. It was a unfortunately very like uh, bad situation. Mm -hmm. We were in this like very tiny village where we didn't have clean water. Like our house was made out of mud. Literally it was very, very bad. And, uh, my father knew a guy here in Chicago, very like, you know, a friend of a friend and he was actually able to apply for my dad's uh, visa. And fortunately it took literally like 10 years before my dad even got married. And it took 10 years to like get that approved. And once he got approved he was able to bring uh my my mom and his kids there only for like honestly just a better opportunity and he knew he wanted to have his kids to have like a proper education because in Pakistan the unfortunate truth is you're either very rich or you're very poor. There's like no in between. Mm. So he knew like if I was to come to the States I would have an opportunity to receive a proper education, which is something that he always wanted, but he never had the opportunity to do. And then they so came he... here and it was very hard because oh yeah, go ahead. So they
0: came here and you were five years old at the time? When is yeah correct so that you all kind of came over and what was that like do you remember that there's probably some memories back when you were five i assume or no
1: yeah, yeah. i'm not gonna lie dude that's kind of scary because like i saw white people for the first time I yeah. was like, what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. i remember coming to o'hare airport i was like mom why are these people white what's going on i started <laughs> crying i was like what
0: you're like where so, am i yeah that was yeah.
1: pretty funny that's yeah funny. definitely so um those are some memories honestly i was really young so like i didn't like really um Understand like the hardship my parents were going through at that age. Like my parents doing the best they could, um, but you know, once I turned like you know about like ten, I really you know grew up a little bit, became a little more mature, and understood like what my parents were going through in terms of like you know working. And we talk IB hours, 100 hours a week. My parents were literally doing the same thing. But, like you know, they were washing dishes, uh, cleaning the bathrooms, cleaning the floors, any odd job my parents could get. Mm-hmm. And the worst part was like, since they were like super uneducated people kind of took advantage of that and like you know minimum wage like eight dollars people would pay them like four dollars in cash under the table which was like you know kind of whack. but my parents had no choice so they had to do that which sucked but you know yeah stuff like that and like once i saw them working really hard and like went through that pain i knew like intrinsically i wanted to do the best i could no matter the career to like give them the best life i possibly can moving forward that's great
0: so you guys were like really tight did you have brothers and sisters as well that came over with you
1: yeah, so I have an older brother. Uh, he unfortunately has Down syndrome, and then uh, I have a younger sister who's actually a freshman in college right now.
0: Oh man, so you have a, a older brother with special needs, and so your parents are like even more stressed out. I bet um, just because trying yeah, to yeah, help it was with tough mm-hmm.
1: because like you no, know, like he has like very extreme special needs. So, like you know, yeah, it was hard to kind of like balance that. You know, taking care of two younger kids, putting food on the table, and then taking care of like an older person. And like you know, we didn't have Medicaid like medical you know needs either. So it was like really hard to like kind of fix all that so it was tough man <laughs> so when you come thankfully you know as the years go by things got better
0: so as you came over um and with visa you're saying you couldn't get you couldn't get healthcare. care there was no kind of medicaid or anything like that um to help you guys mm-hmm.
1: like, sorry what'd you say
0: in terms of like healthcare, care was no options for you guys when you came over it was just too expensive even just the cheap um, the yeah, options. man, it
1: was very expensive. On top of that, like we didn't really qualify for anything. Like, you know, I know there's like low income programs, so we didn't qualify for any of that. Why not? And so why didn't
0: like did you qualify for that? Just because you were, um, you had come over on a visa.
1: Yeah, we were here on a visa. We didn't like have our green cards yet, and like, right. I'm not gonna lie, there was like, some racism things because like around the 9/11 times, so like you know stuff like that happened too. So you know. Oh man. <laughs> Unfortunately, Tough yeah. Tough
0: timing. So okay, yeah. Tell me a little bit about. Uh, so yeah tell me about how kind of you grew up where you grew up so you know i know you were in chicago initially um were i assume it wasn't the best living conditions um uh, but i'd love to just go into that a little bit and tell me about what it was really like um how things got better and when they got better or how things got worse at certain times i'd love to hear a little more
1: yeah definitely so we were originally in the south side of chicago and if you know anything about the south side it's not that pretty yeah so uh it was uh, pretty bad. We were living there in a very, like, shitty run-down apartment. Uh, what sucked was, like, it was in a very dangerous area. Like, there's a lot of gang violence and, you know, drug crime and stuff like that. And that was horrible. So, like, my parents tried everything they could to kind of get out of the south side and, like, move more towards the north, which is, like, a little nicer. Mm-hmm. So we ended up getting out of there and went to the north side of Chicago, which is a little better, but it was super expensive. My dad's like, there's no reason to stay in Chicago. So we ended up going to Michigan, which was much cheaper. Mm-hmm. And my dad got... Not a good job, but like, he found like a stable job working at a gas station. And so did my mom. So they both started working there and they were able to kind of support us the best they could. And then what happened was someone actually like, committed fraud with my dad and kind of stole everything he had. My dad was trying to like, save up some money and start like, his own little business to support the family. And then someone took advantage of him and literally stole all his you know, little assets that he had. Ugh. So we actually once things started looking better, it actually started getting worse. We uh, ended up losing our home, unfortunately. We had uh, this Honda Odyssey, so we lived in there for a bit, oh my which God. sucked because, you know, parents, three kids in a, in a van, like, that's not the best living conditions. So we lived there. Um, actually, a little fun fact. It's kind of a funny story. So, like, when I was in high school, this is, like, the time when I lost her home. And uh, I actually became really good friends with the janitor at my high school. And he would actually leave the back door open. And my family and I used to sleep in the gymnasium oh at the, at night, right? And then we used to wake up at 5.30 every day because at six o'clock like the cheerleaders were coming to practice their games so we would wake up at 5 30 before, before we get caught yeah <laughs> oh my. yeah well, at
0: least you had, so that way you would have you know a warmer place and stuff like that i assume you're in michigan at this
1: point yeah um, correct
0: well but did you have to spend a whole winter in the in that situation
1: yeah unfortunately luckily you know the janitor kind of realized the situation he kind of let me in during the winter time because in winter that would have sucked living in the van oh my gosh man so, yeah
0: i can't even i mean it was it sucks in general it's just i can't even imagine <laughs> it in that um so okay so you're it sounds like you're all still working pretty. your was your sister kind of chipping in at this point or was she too young still
1: she was very young unfortunately yeah. so and to be honest like my parents and neither did i want her to like go through that because like one you know she's very young she's a girl like she, we didn't want her to like see that ugly part of life Mm-hmm. So we kind of like made sure like she was like you know we had some really good family friends she'd stay there most of the time just because like you know it's not good to see someone that young go through that so
0: yeah so okay so you're but
1: I yeah go ahead
0: you're working on the side as well while you're in high school I assume or no like just yeah definitely
1: yeah. <laughs> so my first job was at this uh, Chinese restaurant mm-hmm. I was working under the table I was actually like I think 13 at the time and you legally can't work at 13 <laughs> oh my so. Gosh. I went to the Chinese place. Right. And I was washing dishes. That was my first job. He was paying me like like $4 an hour or something way below minimum wage. It yeah. was the only job I could get out of the table yeah. so I did that. And then my second like official job was actually at McDonald's. I was cleaning the bathrooms, which sucked. Never do that.
0: Oh my uh,
1: gosh. I, yeah, I did that for a couple of years. And then I worked at some other odd jobs here and there just to support the family the best I could. And like, I started like, you know, I got really tech savvy. So like, I literally would like go to like um what's called Goodwill and these like, you know, their shops. I would find like brand name items. I would sell them online for a profit. Mm-hmm. So that would like kind of help our family out, which is oh, kind of like pretty cool back in the day.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. You're doing that back in what, early 2000s? No,
1: this is like in high school. This
0: isn't, so this is like, so when was that? What year approximately? Uh,
1: like 2013, 2013,
0: okay. So yeah, so you were kind of starting to do some flipping and stuff like that and going to Goodwill. So you, what were you bringing in, you think, from that each week?
1: yeah so i was like i remember like copying like uh like ralph and stuff like that i was probably bringing in like on a good month probably like you know maybe 100 200 a week (laughs) which is pretty cool
0: yeah and then like
1: if things weren't really popping off maybe like 50 dollars but you know to be honest like every penny counted at that point so like it really didn't matter anything helped
0: so you're you're at a public high school i assume in in uh, michigan somewhere right and yeah you're struggling you're doing well what's going on with that while you're kind of like having all this crap going on at home um that's crazy yeah so what
1: sucked about my high school was Mm -hmm. it was actually very very nice like everyone at that place was super rich like crazy rich like everyone Mm -hmm. came from like you know ivy league parents and you know doctors lawyers engineer and all that stuff i was literally probably the one that i'm brown by the way so i was like the darkest skinned person there everyone else was white yeah and i was broke so that sucked but if anything that kind of like made me more motivated like to be honest i did very very well in high school my GPA was like a four or five out of a four zero. Oh, killed the ACT. Was a part of like with the president debate club, Francis club, all the business clubs. Did everything. I played tennis on varsity. I did all the stuff. Right. I didn't make any excuse because I knew if I did well in high school, I could have an opportunity to go to a good college and. How did you know that?
0: How did you even know that? How did you even know that? Coming, like, your I parents, your parents kind of knew, like okay, education is important for us to get out of this mm-hmm. cycle, right? And they got you. They got mm-hmm. over to the states, which was a obviously probably the biggest jump right um but mm-hmm. then you had this intrinsic motivation you wanted a, you know you knew that your parents were suffering and didn't have that education but kind of what gave you that how did you even know that hey at such a young age did you feel like you grew up really fast and you're like hey i know i have to do really well to get into a good college or how did you know that
1: yeah so like you know i just think, you know, when I moved to Michigan, like I said, the place I was living in, Mm -hmm. my place was very bad, but everyone else was like super wealthy. And all my friends at the time were very, very wealthy. I would see their wealth. I would see their parents and all the success they've like had. And I was like, damn, these guys are not suffering at all. (laughs) I kind of want this, you know, tell my uh, parents as well. It's like, I saw that as motivation, just the things around me really, because like in Michigan, everything was like crazy wealthy, like luxury everywhere. And I was like, wow, I really want this lifestyle. And like, you know, as I was talking to these like older people, like they became my mentors, their parents. And they told me, we went to this school, we did this, we did that. And I was like, wow. And some, my best friend actually at the time, he, he was very wealthy, but his parents actually grew up really, really poor. And, Similar to my story, actually, they were immigrants as well, mm-hmm. and they worked really hard. They told me this story, like, you know, we were first generation, we, you know, did this, we did that, and now we're doctors, and we have X amount of money, which is pretty cool. So I used those things as, like, you know, motivation to, like, inspire myself and my family to, like, do the best I could, yeah. which is why I worked really hard in high school, because I knew, like, looking at these people, like, if I did really well, yeah. I would have an opportunity to be successful.
0: That's great. So you kind of, you you were in the right area. How do your parents even afford to be in that area, like where you were going in that high school? Was it like zoned a certain way?
1: Yeah. So, like the thing about Michigan is it's super cheap, especially the place we we're living. It's like yeah. really one of the cheapest places in America, but okay. it's one of the nicest places in America too because there's like these two big companies there, yep. and everyone just kind of works there, and it's like and that it's like a very big hospital scene for doctors and whatnot as well. So, like it was just very affordable for us, especially cool. the apartment we were living in. Yep. So and nice it was very part. nice; it's kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah, I mean,
0: because you think about it, like being at that high school surrounded by that wealth and by those parents and by in, in getting those mentors was probably just so such a dramatic impact on you just you were already motivated but just motivating you even more and then plus that kind of the men, that mentorship of like do these you know make these steps I would assume is was helpful
1: definitely no doubt yeah
0: so okay so cool so you're you're like kicking major ass like high school you're like <laughs> okay. top of the class right so are people yeah. noticing, or is there kind of like, do you have a reputation? Are people like, oh, this guy's a nerd, or are you like popular? Are you, are you, what's the, what's the deal there? Or are people like, oh, no, he's poor. Like, are you, is there some racism going on? What's, what, what happened there?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's a little bit of everything. So for me, I hate getting pity on everyone. I hate when people look at me and say, oh, you're poor. What are you doing? Cause I, right. I think that just pisses me off. It's like, if you're willing to work hard and you're grinding, that shouldn't matter at all. Right. And when I was in high school, I kicked ass, to be honest. I, did, I worked my ass off to do the best I could. And people did notice, right? And a lot of people who like, were very wealthy made fun of me because they're like, oh, like, this guy has nothing. How is he doing so well? Mm-hmm. And then he had the other half like, oh, wow, this is, you know, really working his ass off. That's pretty cool. So I just made myself stand out the best I could. I was actually somewhat popular. I would say I had some really good friends at the time. Mm-hmm. I saw some varsity tennis, you know, debate, forensics. Yep. I was doing really well. No one called me a nerd, really. Like, <laughs> I just kind of put myself in the best position I could. It's just, okay, you know, I was I an, I was
0: a nerd, so it's too. fine. <laughs> yeah, I, mean,
1: I don't think there's anything bad about it, it's a good thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, um, cool, so you, uh, wow, you're doing really well, so then what happens now in terms of your next steps? Like, you, it sounds like you were very kind of mature for your age, you were doing really well, mm-hmm. so when did you start thinking about, like, college and, and all of that stuff? Yeah,
1: so I started thinking about college when I was a sophomore in high school that's when I took my ACT, mm-hmm. and thankfully, I did really, really well in the ACT, and then my grades were really good, mm-hmm. and the teachers liked me. I knew I had, like, style recommendations, and I'm not trying to flex or anything. Like, I knew I would have like, gotten into a very, very good college. Right. Um, in terms of career, I wanted to be a doctor originally mm-hmm. for two main reasons. One, like, everyone around me, like, was all doctors, so I kind of saw that, and two, I really wanted money straight up. Yeah. So I knew that was the field that would guarantee me a job. It would ensure, like, a lot of wealth and security for my family and I.
0: Yeah, it makes so, lot of sense. So...
1: I made the decision early on that, Hey, you know, this is what I want to do. And so I was essentially looking for schools really my sophomore year that had direct med programs. Mm-hmm. So, which is like, you know, you go to a school and they directly send you to med school at that school, which is very difficult, but I knew I had a good shot. Yep. And so my focus was not business at all, nothing banking or finance related. I did not care about that stuff. But I didn't even know about it, to be honest. Yeah. So my focus was medicine. And as I was kind of going through the process, I applied to literally every direct med program out there. I was very fortunate enough to get into various programs, really good programs, actually. And mm-hmm. I chose this one school because they gave me a full ride scholarship. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it was a no brainer. Like, dude, like I don't have like one dollar to my name, and yeah. these guys are writing me a check for like a hundred grand. Like, yeah. it's a no brainer. Yeah, of course. So I went to that school, and it was a direct med program. So essentially, as long as I met like met the bare minimum requirements, I would be accepted into their medical school. Wow. So it just made sense. Yeah. Um, yeah so that's how i decided
0: to pick that school so you went to this school you're so you graduate high school it's a big deal you know you're the first person in your family to graduate high school so that's like got to be really exciting for your family i assume that was you felt amazing Um, oh yeah that was really cool (laughs) and then so you you get to college and tell me like what changed what you know you started going there and you started learning about banking or finance, how did that ever even come, come about? You were seemed so focused on, on pre-med.
1: Yeah, so when I was in this drug med program, like my whole, I didn't, again, I didn't know anything about banking until probably like a year and a half in until college. Mm-hmm. So my first year and a half, I was just doing like the you know, pre-med stuff, biochemistry and whatnot. I'm not gonna lie, I did really, really well too, mm-hmm. from an academic <clears> perspective and like, you know, actually understanding the concepts. And then, but to be honest, I found it really, really boring. It was super annoying to me. I didn't like anything I was learning. And the worst part was, I was like, I'll suck it up. I didn't really care at that point. I was like, you know, whatever, I'll suck it up. But then looking at long-term, like, dude, like, first four years of college, four years of medical school, residency, fellowship, and I wanted to be a surgeon as well. So, like, all that in, and plus the medical school debt. Like, only undergrad was free, not the medical school component. That was, like, probably at least 500k with interest and, like, all the stuff. I would, like, I would not see a paycheck until, like, I I did the math until, like, 41. (laughs) I was like, what? I can't wait that long, right? Especially, when my family's going through a lot even when I'm in college. And so a year and a half in, I'm still kind of contemplating because, to be honest, I don't know what to do because I was very fortunate to be in the direct med program. Mm -hmm. And it would be be pretty stupid to kind of leave that program because, like, it takes a lot to get into that. Right. And then my buddy, actually, he's in Chicago. He got a job at Barclays doing banking. And I didn't know what banking was. He just told me, hey, Vlad, I got a job at banking. I was like, what do you mean you're a teller now? He's like, no, 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 I'm doing investment banking. I'm like, oh, cool. What is that? Yeah. He kind of explained. That. I was like, oh, that's sick. Like, how much are you making? He's like, yeah, bro, I made 150 my first uh, year. I was like, no way, no way. <laughs> yeah, bro. I was like, what? My mind blew up. I was like, no way. So he was the first one to tell me what investment banking was. And I was like, this is probably the best thing for me at this point. So I did my research, and um, I knew like you know there were certain things, unfortunately, like in terms of a target school and like you know stuff like that, networking and whatnot. I didn't even know what that stuff was at that point. Yep. Yeah. So towards the end of I my assume year, I assume that's around when you
0: stumbled up. on Wall Street Oasis <laughs> at some point around. Yeah, there. Yeah, I did exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: directed me towards you guys, and I was so, like, okay, this is pretty cool. Kind of did all my research, and um, I towards the end of my uh, sophomore year, I ended up transferring to a target school, and um, which wasn't too hard in terms of transferring, yep. but like. Getting to a school was tough because if you read the article, like, this school was filled with, like, very, very wealthy people and, like, everyone had connections. And I felt like a – I felt really irrelevant at that point. Yeah. But, again, you know, going through all this stuff, I didn't want to give up or anything. So I get to this new school, um, very, very cool environment, never seen anything like it. And um, at that point, I started working really hard. It was tough, though, because now at this what point – What do you mean um,
0: by cool I'm environment? Hard. What do you mean by cool environment? Like, never seen anything like like The campus or something or just the
1: just – yeah, dude, the campus was huge, and just like yeah. the, the people I was surrounded by, like you just saw people from all walks of life. You know, people from doing medicine, engineering, you know, banking. I was like, wow, this is super crazy. I met some really cool people as well. I was like, I never, you know, heard of these kinds of people before, so it was like really yeah. interesting. I never cool. saw that before in my life. You know, I was like, wow, this is so diverse and interesting. Yeah. And this is the first time I'm actually away from home. So this college is three hours away from my home. So I'm like, wow, this is like, so I'm not living with my parents anymore, which is kind of scary at that point because yeah. usually I was the one to take care of my parents. So. That was tough. The first year was good from an academic perspective, but yeah. it wasn't good in terms of, like, other things. Like, my parents were really sick, so I had to kind of, like, skip school once in a while to visit them. Yeah. I was doing three part-time jobs. I could, uh, from my college actually matched my scholarship, so I wasn't paying anything for, like, school. But, like, yeah. I was working three jobs to support my family back home to, you know, put food on the table. And what about,
0: like, dorm costs and food and all that stuff? Do they that was all
1: free. The, <laughs> Everything. They was big? Things, nice, please. nice.
0: Okay, yeah. Okay. And
1: um yeah, so first year goes by, um I didn't like get any like, you know, big offer or anything. I was able to secure a um investment banking internship in New York, which I'm currently doing. And I'm very fortunate, nothing bad about it. It's actually a very good opportunity for me. And just because like I didn't, at that point I didn't take any business classes. I was I don't the only thing I knew was like, you know, chemistry and bio. So like I didn't understand networking. I just kinda of cold applied and to be honest, I had a four oh so I just kinda of sent applications in and like if I got an interview, I got an interview. So um I was able to land this internship and um This is after your sophomore year right?
0: or this is this is going on right now, you're saying? This, this is
1: this is going on right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you're busting your ass right now.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm doing like these eighty hour weeks, so I <laughs> I hoping my manager doesn't come in. But um yeah, I do that. So I'm here right now. As I got to New York, I really kinda understood more about like what investment banking is and like what networking is, because to be honest, I really didn't know. Like it was just I was like, Oh, I try to send an application and no one really kinda taught me this stuff. I was kinda on my own. Yeah, and Wall Street definitely helped. You guys definitely helped me out. Your you know posts and whatnot. So um, coming here, you know, I started really networking, grinding, understanding the technicals and whatnot. And I was fortunate enough to um, receive some super days, uh, specifically out of the bracket, and shared um, the post. Thankfully, it went really well, and I was able to uh, secure that offer. So, that's amazing,
0: <laughs> man. So that was that was recent, right? And so that's for a full time gig when you graduate.
1: No, it's a summer analyst position for next year. For
0: next year, but that's like that's teeing you up basically. If you do really well and you grind hard, you're gonna be um, you're gonna be getting that full time offer basically because the, Correct, the, the yeah. conversion rate's pretty good there. Yeah. So yeah, don't don't count your eggs before the hatch, right? <laughs> you gotta yeah. still gotta bust. You still gotta bust your ass. But that's amazing, man. Yeah. That's gotta feel so good. Um,
1: yeah, it does, man. It was so funny. It's so, like uh, I'm in the Times Square area, so like mm-hmm. I got the call and. uh I literally ran out. I was crying in Times Square. Like millions of people just watching me. I was talking to my parents. And like we're just having a good time. You know, it's probably one of the best moments of my life.
0: That's so. That's so amazing. So, yeah. Anything you you think you know? Looking back, you know, and I'd love to to do another podcast with you in a couple of years. Once you kind of had a few years, see what you're what you're gonna do and where you're going next. Because I think your story's extremely inspirational. Just in terms of where you came from, how hard you worked to get not only just the full ride so you could you could be in those situations, but just the fact that you had so many other things going on and you still were able to kind of sacrifice academically. I mean obviously you had some natural intelligence to be able to handle that workload and do it successfully, mm-hmm. but you know, obviously you're you're busted your ass in, in high school and in college. Um so when you so correct me if so this is a sophomore you you literally had a sophomore internship and now you've already done recruiting for junior summer and you're you're in correct this, yeah it's just so crazy it's so accelerated now <laughs> and so was there a reason for that yeah. was it like can you tell me a little bit about that process of how that worked like because you said you just applied like you sent out your you had a high gpa to land a sophomore internship i still know that's really tough were you in some sort of accelerated program or were you in sort of kind of diversity program like an seo of sorts or how did that how did that work out
1: Yeah, definitely. So unfortunately I didn't qualify for any of the diversity, um, applications. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't an SEO and whatnot, but this internship I'm at right now, this is actually not like a sophomore internship. It's actually a formal junior year internship. Got it. So when I applied, I didn't know it was a good, you know, I didn't really know at that point. I just applied and I got the offer and they're like, Oh, you know, when they did the background check, they're like, Hey, are you a rising junior? I'm like, Oh no, I'm a a sophomore right now. They're like, what? (laughs) So, um, but at that point, you know, they really liked me, and they didn't want to, like, you know, just kind of cancel the offer. And this is, like, you know, May. I already put my deposit down for the NYU dorms and whatnot. Right. So they were, they were able to accommodate. So I'm, like, the youngest person at the firm right now. Everyone else is going to be a rising senior competing for a full-time offer. I'm just a sophomore here.
0: And do you feel like um, your story resonated? I mean, those interviews to get that internship, can you tell me a little about that process? Like, was it on on campus? Was it, did you have to go into New York into New York or into, I mean, where were you doing it?
1: Yeah, so for this specific sophomore one that I'm at right now, yep. I there was an on-campus interview, and then there was a super day in New York. And to be honest, when I do my interviews, I think um, I read through your post. I think the best, if I can give any advice to anyone right there, it's like, make sure you have a great story. And mm-hmm. I think when I talk to people in my interviews, it's an authentic reason to why I want to do banking and why I want to get into this industry. And it kind of relates well. I think people really appreciate the hustle and grind because compared to some rich guy that's going to be interviewing, mm-hmm. they know intrinsically that a guy that's a first generation college student who wants a lot of shit, like he's going to be really grinding grinding because he has to, not because he wants to. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think people see that and they respect that. You know, when I network, I tell people my story. They're like, we want you here because we know compared to some Ivy League kid, you're actually going to kick ass. Yeah. And so, so
0: tell me about, tell me about specifically, like, did, when they asked you, like, why do you want to do banking? Were you like more forthcoming? Mm-hmm. You were like the money? Were you just like straight up because I know people like joke, don't say that. But were you in, in yeah. maybe maybe in a nicer way kind of saying that, like about helping your family? Was that kind of your answer
1: there? Yeah, a little bit of everything. Um yeah. so um I of course have like the you know, the traditional reason, you know, that everyone usually kinda of gives in terms of I'm interested in banking for X, Y, and Z or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then once I get close with the guy and like I understand that he kinda of likes me reviving me really well, then I get pretty personal. I open up, I'm like, Hey, you know, I went through this, I went through that. And then he's like, and then he kind of brings up like, Oh, you know, you can make this amount of money or whatever. And at that point they kind of understand like why this kid wants what he wants. And they think it's a fair reason for why he wants to go into the industry. So really just kind of getting a feel for that person. If we're vibing well, I really kind of go more in deep of my situation and kind of tell them you open and up a little bit. Yeah. It kind of goes from there. Yeah. yeah. You,
0: you don't like spill it out on, on the table right away. I mean, that's, that, that's interesting <laughs> though. And it's interesting how you, you went about that. You weren't just like throwing that out there. Um, to try and like get pity, you know what I mean. It was like you kind of went about it, and you did the interviews as more like a standard way. But if you felt like, like you said, you were vibing with the actual interview, you, you could open up a little bit more and really kind of get get them to kind of understand where you're coming from, from like how yeah, how bad how bad it was. Um, mm-hmm. And.
1: and- when I do these interviews, I, like I said, I hate when people take pity on me. I don't want an offer or an opportunity because someone feels bad for me. I want the opportunity because they know like I've worked for them. I have the good grades. I have the experience. Yeah, I mean, whatever. you have, you have the stats. I, mean. I don't so want them just to give me something because they feel bad, you know?
0: Totally, man. No, I hear you. I, there's been no handouts for you. So. <laughs> all I know, yeah. all I know is like, uh, you kicked ass, you know, since you got here. So um, congrats on, on all the success, man. It's, it's super exciting. And Thanks for sharing your story. Anything you'd, you'd want to um, tell the listeners um, specifically around or, or some advice you'd give to your younger self looking back, even though you're super young still?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like So for myself, if I were to go back, I would just kind of tell myself not to give up because there were some points where I felt really depressed and sad and that I didn't want to like, work harder. Mm-hmm. And I would just kind of go back and say, hey, you know, keep your head up. Things will get better. Just keep on doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, because I never like like told my parents how I felt because, you know, in all honesty, I felt really bad and sad. not going to lie, obviously, yeah. when you go into that situation. But I never told my parents that because, obviously, like, they're already going through tough shit. There's no reason for me to kind of place more of a burden on their head. So just going back and saying, hey, just stay positive, stay calm and cool. And, like, you know, ultimately things will fall in place. And then for anyone out there that's listening, like, I'm sure people have gone through even way worse than I have. and Or who are just going through difficult times in general. Like, it sounds super cliche, but really, like, just keep on working at it. If it's meant to be, and like you really want it, and you're putting in the grind, it will fall in place. And I firmly believe that because trust me, like <laughs> a guy that was homeless, an immigrant, I couldn't speak the language. Like both parents are very uneducated. Like if I can do it, and I'll honestly like anyone else can do it. And I'm not trying to say I'm very smart, you know, like intelligent. I just worked really hard for that, whether it was in school or during an interview. Yeah. So just keep on grinding, and like you know, as long as like you know, you stay positive. And I think the biggest thing I always tell people is have a reason for something. Like for me, it was always just to take care of my family. That was my reason for a job or making X amount of money. So for anyone out there, have a reason for what you want to do, whether that's banking or engineering or whatever. Know why you really want to do that. If it's for the money, that's completely fine. But is there anything else as well? And then, you know, if you find that reasoning, I definitely think you'll do fine.
0: Yeah, it kind of has that guiding, you know, drive behind it, that North Star that can kind of, you can always point to. Avoid that. The reason you're doing what you're doing, the reason you're suffering, the reason you're staying up late studying for that exam, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It can definitely, it can definitely help you push through in the hardest times and kind of really buckle down when there's so many distractions out there too nowadays um, to yeah. being productive. But yeah, man, thank you so much. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, Patrick at WallStreetOasis.com. Until next time.